Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness and mental health can help to support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm Maria, and I'm a personal trainer who specialises in training women with fertility problems. I myself suffered from PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you to do the same. Before we get into it, we'll be discussing other themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We also may be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, light-hearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. This week, is it worth the wait? Maria, when it comes to fertility, why do we need to talk about weight? The main issue is that a lot of clinics will not allow you to access fertility treatment if your BMI is too low or too high. What is BMI? BMI is body mass index. So it is a way of, it's like measuring your weight, but it takes your body into consideration. So it's not just the number on the scale. Um, It's supposed to be used as a health indicator, but the problem is lots of people don't like it. Lots of people consider it old fashioned. To give you an example, the quote people always use is when you look at the rugby teams, these are, you know, super lean, super fit, super sports people at the peak of their game. But here is a quote from the Irish Times just to uh, give you an indication of how this works. So in 2017, this was published. Next time you see the Irish rugby team run out onto the hallowed turf of the Aviva Stadium. This is for you, by the way, Roisin. I'm Irish so proud. Rugby yeah. So proud. Bear in mind, you have just witnessed 15 highly paid, overweight and obese men emerge from the tunnel. So this whole article that I found uh, was all about BMI and how really it's a, it's a really tricky thing. And a lot of people don't actually like it. But unfortunately, uh, we are stuck with it in the fertility world. It's, it's so crazy to me. BMI is such an odd measure of weight and size. We were on holidays uh, in Morocco a couple of years ago and Phil, my husband, gave me a call. He went down to the pool and he went, you got to get down here. And I, I, OK, so I made my way down and the French rugby team were in the <gasps> swimming pool. No way. They were training. They trained in Morocco. I can give anyone the <gasps> anyone that wants to know, I will give you the, the hotel and the dates. Apparently they do it every year. I Where's mean, my FaceTime in this situation? Seriously. Hello? <laughs> Two o'clock, like clockwork, they were in the pool. Oh my and God. And every single girl, every single girl in the resort. Okay, there. I have seen the French rugby team on the telly many times. They are very handsome people, okay? And just very like, handsome. And, and just like the Irish rugby team, they their BMIs are probably 30 plus, yeah. I'd say. But they, those guys were just in... The most incredible condition. I it really made my holiday, Maria. Yeah, it really 100%. made my holiday. You've been back every year since, right? Every year since. What is the expected BMI? So clinics, what they say in their kind of literature and when you go for a meeting is your BMI has to be not too low and not too high. The guidance given is between nineteen and thirty. So for a lot of listeners, this will make no sense whatsoever. So just to give you a a kind of example, it's definitely not based on anyone I know at all. Um, Here's a little bit of context for you. If you had a female who was five foot six, 39 years old, weighs 10 stone, 
they will have a BMI of 22.4. So they are considered within that healthy range. Interestingly, the NHS website actually suggests that a healthy range for that individual, um, bear in mind they're five foot six, would be between eight stone three and 11 stone two. So that's just to give you a little bit of context about, you know, how that BMI would look, if that makes sense. What happens if you go to a fertility clinic and your BMI is too high? This is such an important question. And actually, it makes me quite emotional because when I was at the fertility show with IVF Babble um, a couple of weekends ago, we spoke to so many fabulous men and women. And I'm going to be honest with you, quite a lot of them, of these amazing, strong, smart women, they actually got very emotional and a lot of them started to just cry, which I completely understand because they'd gone into a clinic. The clinic had said, your BMI is too high, go away, come back later. Like li literally, that's what they were told. There was no support. Can you tell I'm getting angry about this? Yeah. These women were devastated. The partners were devastated. Of course. They were essentially, go away, come back when you've lost weight. That was it. They were not signposted anywhere. They were given no support. And also, to get on my high horse here... It's extra hard when you have fertility issues for a lot of people. It really makes me so angry. These women and the, and the partners, they were genuinely, you know, they were crying. They were upset. It was horrible. I can't think of anything less productive. It's pointless as well. Yeah. Than saying to a woman who is already under stress and a partnership that is already under stress, that have a time pressure to go away and lose weight with no support. No support. And quite often these, these women, because it's normally the men, there is obviously a male factor, which we'll come back to later, but with the women, quite often they are a little bit older because they've maybe been on this journey for a while. Like we discussed in our earlier episode, they might have already been trying for a year or two. So they're already older. They perhaps, let's just say, have endo or PCOS thrown in just to make things even harder. And they, they are... I know some clinics are better than others, so this is not me being critical of all clinics. I'm just saying these were a lot of the stories um, from the real women that I spoke to at the fertility show. They were they were devastated. Maria, you have PCOS. Did that affect your weight? Yes. Okay, I am a self-confessed carb lover. Love. Oh. I Okay, I have Italian heritage, so that pasta and the pizza, I, honestly, I could eat it all day every day. Right, I know that you're laughing, but you've lived with me before. This is true, okay? No, I'm laughing because last night I had, for the first time, a calzone donna kebab pizza. Okay, Roisin, my Italian I, um, heritage I, can't cope with that. I'm sorry, that is a disgrace. What? Bring, bringing together two beautiful cultures. No, no, no. That's a hard no, sorry. Italians are rolling over in their grave. Good God. You like your pasta, you like your pizza. Yeah, I love pasta, I love pizza, um, I love chocolate, but with the PCOS, it's just, it seems like my body just loves to hold on to any extra weight very quickly. I did notice when I got to the grand old age of 23, which was many a year ago, overnight weight loss just seemed to get a lot harder. I don't know what it was, but that was the age for me. As I've gotten older, I am actually in much better shape. I would say I'm stronger, I'm fitter, I'm faster, but the weight loss and the weight gain, it is just harder. So the weight goes on easier, it comes off harder. And I think for me, the PCOS definitely just makes that a lot harder. If someone has endo, how does it affect them? I have clients with endometriosis and I have spent a lot of time looking into this. A lot of the research and literature says it's not quite like PCOS. So PCOS affects your hormone insulin. With endo, 
it would seem that it's not quite as clearly linked to your hormones in that way. But because endo makes you feel so horrible, so sluggish, real significant pain, it can make you basically unable to exercise and work out. So one of my clients with endo, she messaged me, she was due to do one of her workouts. She just said, I cannot get off the sofa today. I can't move. I am in severe pain. I'm going to have to stay on the sofa. I've moved my workout to tomorrow, but I'm just letting you know. So obviously in that case, I wasn't bothered about the workout. I was genuinely, I was bothered about her. She was in extreme pain. So with endometriosis, it kind of um, incapacitates you. If I'm feeling rubbish, I don't want to eat a carrot. I want to eat uh, something carby for me personally, maybe a nice bar of dairy milk or maybe a cake. But whatever it is you go to, when you are in constant pain, and endometriosis really, really can cause significant pain, um, it's very difficult to then think clearly, to make the good choices, to stay away from the sugar. So I think with endometriosis, we need to know more about this, but it seems like a really holistic problem to me. And it seems to be the thief of vitality. Oh, it just it, it just kind of sucks it out of you. Endometriosis, for those of you that are not sure, is basically where the lining of the uterus grows in places where it shouldn't. And it can it can do all sorts. It can bind things together, but it can cause real, really extreme pain. And the last thing you want to do is go for a run. Oh, absolutely not. You know, some people bash through, it, it flares, it's an inflammatory condition, so it comes and it goes. But yeah, when you are in the kind of the crux of it, it's it's really, really uh, debilitating. If I was leaving the fertility clinic with this very helpful advice of lose weight, mm. is there a certain amount of weight that I have to lose? The key number, the key percentage to get you going is 10%. So, so much research out there has said, if you are on the higher BMI to begin with, because obviously we don't want you to go underweight, which we'll talk about later. If you're on the higher BMI to begin with, 10% is the magic number. And there's a lot of research that says just losing 10% of your body weight really can have a significant effect on fertility. So 10% is your go-to place. From there, the practical side of it is you need to try and get your BMI to 30 or below. And I was looking at a piece of research in preparation for this podcast, and I've been chatting to one of my older clients as well. And this, it's only one piece of research, but this piece found that actually a slightly higher BMI towards the 30 range in the study they did, those women ended up with more live births. It's definitely 30 or below because above 30 for the BMI, the stats in that particular paper did drop. There will be people listening to this who disagree with this, and that's absolutely fine. This is not a judgment. I'm just looking at the research that's out there. I remember the first time I had to lose a considerable amount of weight. It was about 11 kg, and I was freaked out. There was a couple of weeks where every morning I woke up going, 11 kg, 11 kg, I have to get it off. And it actually only started coming off when I set my plan, and every day said, I don't have to worry about the full amount of weight. I just have to worry about today. Just working my plan today. Three squares, two snacks. And I, I committed to 10,000 steps, uh, which was easy because I've got a dog. And I found that really helpful. The mountain didn't seem so hard to climb. Consistency in weight loss and small steps really help. I am so glad you said this. I think this is why it's important to talk about this. Me and you are not judging here. We have both had to lose oh, <laughs> significant yeah, amounts of weight. Yeah, times. It goes up and down. Weight does not, it doesn't stay, it goes up and down. So we've both been in a situation where we're trying to lose a huge amount of weight. Yeah, exactly. If you wake up every morning and you're like, I've got to lose 11 kg. It's devastating. It's too much. 
that you know that's way over 22 pounds for you know depending on what currency we're talking in here you know we're looking at way over 22 pounds that's way over a stone that is a lot of weight um the main thing here is consistency now there will be listeners who are now kind of rolling their eyes and thinking yeah yeah, yeah i've heard this before and they're reaching for the stop button i just want to make this very clear the consistency thing is so important because safe weight loss you are looking at around a pound a week okay so that's less than a kilo a week in that first week you lose a pound you're like i've only lost a pound okay fine two weeks in though you're two pounds in that's nearly your first kilo you are nearly you're getting towards the half stone mark so a couple of weeks after that you're getting towards the half stone when you have finally hit that half a stone you know that's a really really good first step consistency is key what that means is exactly what you've just said aim to work out two or three times a week it doesn't have to be you go to the gym and you absolutely smash it that actually i would say don't do that commit to your ten thousand steps get yourself a lovely dog follow a structured plan because a structured plan will also rein you in when you're trying to go too hard. If you go from zero to five workouts a week, I can tell you now, you're gonna get injured. Yeah. You are going to get two weeks in, you are gonna be physically exhausted. Mm-hmm. If I do a hard workout now and I've been working out for years, I am tired the next day. If I bust out a 10K, I am tired the next day. So a really good structured plan will gradually increase you so that you don't burn out, you don't get injured, and it will keep you doing consistency, consistency, consistency. It's really important. And, and I'm going to, I'm on my high horse here and I'm going to rant, but weight loss is hard. Weight loss has been sold to us as this really easy thing. So people just go, oh yeah, I'm going to lose a lot of weight today. It's hard. You have to be prepared. You have to be prepared mentally. You have to have the support there. Yeah. And micro goals. Yeah. Small. Yeah. Achievable. Yeah. Micro goals. Micro goals. Because if I think if you come in too heavy and too hard, a slight weight gain or a missed gym session can really knock you off course. Oh yeah. I, I am currently trying to lose ten pounds at the minute. I had COVID, I couldn't work out. I definitely come for eight. Like this is what I mean. I, I get oh, yeah. this completely. I'm getting older so it goes on quicker. I put on half a pound last week. <laughs> right, okay. What I what I just said to myself, that's fine. It's only half a pound. If I hadn't done my workouts, if I hadn't made the healthier choices, when I'd made the healthier choices, I've cut back on the lattes, I'm, I've cut out the bagels. But if I had had three lattes that week, I would have put on a pound and a half. So really, I got on the scale and I was like, okay, I've put on half a pound. It could be fluid, it could be hormones. I have not beaten myself up. I'm still in control. I'm still on my weight loss journey. I'm back on it. I haven't jumped off the wagon. And hopefully next week I'll lose the half a pound and maybe a bit more. Sure. For me to lose 10 pounds, it's going to take me realistically probably 12 to 15 weeks. Oddly, when it comes to fertility, that is where it seems to be so incredibly unfair. Because you to do it safely, consistently, and to have some self-care while losing weight is completely contrary to trying to have your baby sooner because the clinics won't help you until you have lost the weight and this is where i think it becomes so incredibly stressful it's so stressful it's so unfair it like like we said earlier you've probably come to it a little bit later which means it's things are just it's very possible but things are maybe slightly harder some clinics will just say come back when you've lost the weight but like you've said the clock is ticking and you've got the pcos You've got the endometriosis, which we've talked about before. It is really unfair. And people get really upset because they feel frustrated and out of control. People, I think people get upset. It's not just they've got the 10 kg to lose or the 5 kg to lose. It's the lack of control. 
the lack of control and the lack of support. They just yeah. feel lost. The people at the fertility show that we spoke to, they were kind of, they kind of went into a stunned silence. And I, I was a bit worried. I was like, oh God, what have I said? Have I said something wrong? And what they actually said was, you've told us more in five minutes than anyone has told us in the last six months. Incredible. And they were so emotional. And actually, I've, I feel I got a little bit of goosebumps, not blown my own trumpet, but because it was so, it was such a raw emotion that they were genuinely, they were moved. They were upset. So I've got the weight to lose. Mm-hmm. The clinic has sent me away. I've come to you. Where do we start? <laughs> With a cup of tea. <laughs> it will be okay. So the the conversations I tend to have with clients, they're around fertility. I will I will make it very quick and easy. I can definitely help you lose weight if that is what you need to do. We will do it with control. You will have a plan and we will just do it one thing at a time. We will do a pound a week. We will do two pounds a week, depending on where you're starting from. But I promise you with a structured plan, you will start to lose the weight if that's what you need to do because you're working out two or three times a week. And basically, if you are burning more calories than you're taking in, then things will start to come off. You will also feel better about yourself. You will feel in control. We have um, a lot of contact. We we message each other. We celebrate the successes. So you have a structured course that people can access? So at the minute, myself and uh, Julia Young, who is a fantastic fertility nutritionist, we actually have an eight week course uh, that we're about to launch for the second time that I'm so excited about this. This um, supports you with fertility focused nutrition and fertility focused fitness. That is a lot of F's. (laughs) But we are really excited about the course. We've kind of revamped it from the first time we've done it. We've made it even better. So yeah, there is support out there. So if anyone listening to this, if you are interested in the course, by the way, just get in touch. What types of exercise should we be doing to lose weight? This was the most uh, popular question that I received through my Instagram in terms of what people want to know. I have two quick ways of answering this. Way number one, if you are currently you know, quite sedentary, if you're not doing anything, just start with anything you enjoy. So like you said, the 10,000 steps, if 10,000 is too much, go for 5,000. If 5,000 is too much, go for 2,000. If that's too much, go for 1,000. I don't care what you're doing. Just put your trainers on and get outside. Okay. Can I quickly just say yeah. my friend Tina, who is a IVF survivor. Survivor. A survivor has Ella. She was morbidly obese when she started her um, her infertility journey. And I remember the story she told me. It was just so lovely. She said, I used to walk at night. She used to walk in the evening during the winter. And she went, I started by walking around the block. And I said, why are you walking at night? She went, I didn't want anyone to see me. And I remember feeling so bad for her that that's how she felt about herself. But you should see her now. You know, she's awesome. She's gone all the way through to being oddly a personal trainer as well (laughs) because exercise became her outlet for her stress and for her heightened emotion and her heightened emotion around not being able to get pregnant for I think she was five years in Mm. the making of Ella and it was worth every single day because she's just such a great kid but again as Maria said really small steps it does work. People get frustrated because they're like, I'm not in the gym and I'm not lifting all the weights. But I promise you it does work. And it's it's about your mental health, like you've just said. So first thing is just get up and do something. 
and don't beat yourself up. Celebrate every step that you take, okay? If you take three extra steps on that second walk, then absolutely celebrate that. And I mean that genuinely. My clients will know that we celebrate lots of things. First workout, second workout, 10 workout, whatever. The second one from there is when you're a little bit in the zone, when you've been going a little bit more, I would, there are lots of things you could do, but I would suggest um, a little bit of resistance training, which is just a little bit of muscle building. You're not going to end up like a massive bodybuilder <laughs> that requires years and a lot of protein. Um, so a little bit of resistance training and a little bit of higher heart rate cardio, because essentially that will help you to burn the calories. And if you build up muscle, muscle will burn more than fat. So you will basically burn more calories after your workout as well. And that's key with weight training is that the cool thing about it is that you continue to burn calories throughout the day. You love weight. We were just talking just about weight training. Roshin is all over the weight training. Love this is Roshin's go-to. I love the hit. Roshin loves the weight training. I and do. you look fabulous for it. It works really well for you. And when I'm digging into that croissant, yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, I've already burned these. I'm burning these calories. They're you're all... happy and you look good. So it's all good. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. A good training program will gradually build you. And what that means is you'll do five squats one day. Couple of weeks later, you'll maybe go to eight squats because you have to build up your quads, you have to build up your glutes, you have to build up everything. You it, you don't just get on a racetrack and suddenly run, you know, 100 meters in 12 seconds. These people train for years. It's the same. You are an athlete, okay? You're an athlete. You just need to build up slowly. Exactly. Yeah. If you if you want to find out about weight loss in general, you know, there are a million places you can go to. We are focusing on weight loss for fertility because the goal isn't just you want to look fabulous in your shorts. That's great, by all means. But the goal is you want to grow your family. So everything we're doing is to grow your family. And that's why you should dial in next week when we're discussing... What to expect when you're not expecting. We are going to talk you through the basics. This will obviously focus on the fitness side and the fertility side, but also things like the need to self-advocate, where to get reliable information from, how to stand up for yourself, some of the tests that you should expect along your journey, all based around fitness and fertility, but just a realistic um, checklist, if you like, of things you need to know when you are at the start of this journey. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week. Please do rate and comment. And it is really important to share with your friends. We are very much trying to support our trying to conceive sisters. So the more you get us out there, the more we can help. Um, we know lots of people are struggling with this and they may just need that little bit of extra help. If you would like a little bit more support, just check out my socials. I'm on Instagram at fitness underscore fertility and I'm on Facebook at fitness fertility, all one word. We are not doctors, so we strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.